ladies and gentlemen, from Chicago, Illinois, introducing first, Hank 312, and his partner in crime, the incidental nerd, together they are, rustling talk and randomness, and this is Let's Talk to Wrestling Talk and Randomness Presents. Let's talk about wrestling. This is episode three, part two, with the second half of our chat with the voice of Chicago wrestling, Kirby Alexander. And without any further ado, take it away, Hank. As, as, as you can probably tell, I'm a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. I have my Bulls hat on. <laughs> and someone wants me to... I can imagine maybe what you did, but uh, someone, D-Ray says, ask Kirby about his days as being a part of the Chicago Bulls organization. Yeah, so I started. Um, I mentioned earlier that I was in radio for yeah. a long, for now oh, five years, and that's that's a long time yeah. in the corporate world sometimes. For sure. And uh, so I did I did the radio for a while, and then I moved over into sports, and I was uh, running, helping run the fifty fifty raffle for the Chicago White Sox, and then I got picked up to do it also for the Bulls. Okay. And so I'm at the Bulls games now for about two years, and uh, there's these big guys huge guys just walking around and doing things and they're the Matadors and uh, the Matadors came about probably about three years before and uh, funny story when I was in radio when they had the tryouts for the Matadors my boss at the time was like dude you gotta go try out for the Matadors I'm like so flash (laughs) forward three years later uh, I'm sitting at a table selling raffle tickets or counting money or doing something and uh, one of the matadors comes by me. I want to say it was Kevin Blanchard. And uh, comes by and he's like, hey, big man, you, know, you should come out and try out for the matadors. Uh, we're having open tryouts for the first How time. How dare you, sir? <laughs> they, they got their crew in the very first one and then kept that crew for three years. But then at, after three years, a bunch of them were moving on, so they had to do tryouts again for the first time. And he's like, yeah, you know, the tryouts are going to be this Saturday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, the rest of the week goes on and didn't give it a single thought, none whatsoever. Saturday, I wake up, and I'm, I'm you know, just thinking about, you know, what am I going to do today? I'm like, eh, I'm going to go to these tryouts. Nice. Like, I hadn't thought of it like, a single bit since. Yeah. And just woke up and said, eh. I had nothing better to do today, so I went to the uh, went to the tryouts, made the team, did uh, I want to say three years with the team as well. That's amazing. And uh, they went on to do three more years. I think they did about nine years in in in, in its entirety, and I was in the uh, middle three years of it. But it was absolutely phenomenal. I tell oh, people, oh yeah. Um, for people who don't know who the Matadors are, because it's not a wrestling thing, so you may not all be aware true, of true, it. True, true, true. It was an all fat male <laughs> dance squad that performed at the Bulls games. We did about a dozen games a year. We performed uh, sometimes at halftime, uh, sometimes during uh, timeouts. Yep. And, uh, you know, we be just, and I say all this just for being fat and funny. <laughs> we were on uh, every newscast in Chicago. We did WGN. We did NB, you know, NBC, CBS. Yeah. We were on every I, news I, broadcast. I 
Uh, we were on the very first season of America's Got Talent. Come on. Yep. Yeah, we got it. We got it. we got the three X's. And, uh, <laughs> you absolutely didn't care because that's what we were there for. Anyone yeah. who watches America's Got Talent, there's certain acts that are there because they're really good, I and there's certain acts that are there because they're really bad. Yeah, yeah. And you get a reaction out of either one, right? Right. You know, kind of like uh, wrestling. You just want the reaction. Yeah, and that's what we were there for. We were there to, uh, you know, just to be something different. And uh, you know, the judges at the time were uh, Piers Morgan. Uh, Brandy and uh, David Hasselhoff. Oh. And, uh, you know, David Hasselhoff made a where's the beef joke. And, uh, you know, it, it was a great time. And, you know, they they flew us out there. They, you know, they paid for all of our accommodations. They paid for our airfare. They paid for our food, which is not necessarily an easy thing to do for 12 fat guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> They took us on sightseeing tours, and so you know, every you know, people can say, oh, you know, you got you got three X's, and they didn't give you a chance. It's a life like, experience. You know, yeah, we were out. We were in you know Hollywood for a week doing backlot tours and eating like kings, like you know, and we got paid. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing. We did. Absolutely. Uh, we did the Greek All Star Game. Uh, we did the European All-Star Game on the island of Cyprus. Oh. So we got flown out for both Jeez. of those uh, about a week in each place. Um, you know, everything, again, everything paid for and got paid for those appearances. That's amazing. Uh, we did some college appearances. I want to say Marquette uh, with Dwayne Wade. It was, Dwayne Wade, come meet Dwayne Wade in the Matadors. It's like, <laughs> like you know, I'm getting even billing with Dwayne Wade. How cool is that? Um, so, yeah, we did just all this crazy stuff all for being fat and funny. That's you know, a, that's, um, that's there, there was no... No mistake what we were. You know, no one, none of us believed that we were dancers. Oh, you yeah. Know, we were professional dancers. We got paid to dance. You, but you, none you of us believed. Joke, right? right. It, it, was, it, was, it was a joke. But that being said, um, our choreographer was the same choreographer that did the Lovables. So she worked us the same way. She yeah. expected as much out of us as she got out of them. Now, she wasn't going to get the same level. Of course. But, you know, she expected them to give 100% of their ability. She expected 100% of our ability and sometimes more than our ability because we weren't dancers. But uh, she got us to dance, you know, in unison for 90 seconds, you know, and then we would go back in the tunnel and we would fall over and and, and, <laughs> and, e and either feel like we were dying or wish we, or wish we were dying. Right. I mean, there was times I came back and it was just like, <gasps> and uh, I actually started dieting because I made the team because the uh, the workouts and the performances were so intense that it was actually very, very difficult to do. So I actually started dieting and lost over 100 pounds in the three years I was there. No way. And that was one of the reasons I left because I was now the smallest guy on the team. And uh, I've since put a lot of that back on as the way it goes for people. For sure. But, uh, but yeah, it was it was it was legit. I mean, you know, we danced and sweated our butts off. But uh, yeah, it was another amazing experience. That's cool, man. I, I, I'm loving it. I'm getting to know so many different sides of you. There. Right. Absolutely. So look at you. You go so beyond wrestling. And and you're talking about traveling, and that brings up yet another question. Uh, we're supposed to ask you about Japan. Yeah, so last year, um, my wife and I had been planning for a while. She wanted to take me to Japan because she's, she's known that's been uh, a dream destination for me. Throughout my life, I've had a lot of different connections 
to Japan, things that, you know, that I loved about Japan. Um, when I was really, really, really little, it was uh, Kung Fu. It was Kung Fu movies, I should say, but it was Kung Fu movies, you know, all the, all, all the wire Fu and the chop sake and, you know, the sun, the Saturday afternoon uh, Kung Fu movies. And so I was really, really, really into that. And then I got into uh, the culture. I loved the idea of, you know, the samurai. And so as a kid, I was reading books about feudal Japan and all that. So I was really, really into that, you know, years later. And then years later, after that, I got really into anime and manga and really, really enjoyed that. And then, you know, years later, I got more into the culture. And then years later, I got into the wrestling. And uh, so there's just at different stages of my life, I've really been a, a mark for Japan sure. for some reason or sure. another. Yeah. And uh, so it's something that she's been wanting to give me for quite some time. So last year, we finally got around to doing it. We saved up for an entire year and we just, you know, just pocketed away a little bit of out of it, out of every paycheck and, uh, you know, made it happen. I think I want to say we did something like 15 days um, wow. and got to see uh, New Japan twice. Um, awesome. so we started our first night, we, you know, we, we, we got there and went to a, a, I think we slept, I think we got one night of sleep, but it's your first night of sleep after flying for 15 hours is not really a night of sleep. So we, we get up, we go to the venue and, uh, it was Dominion and it was, uh, it, it was the Iron Man match between Omega yeah. and uh, so that was a big one. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, Okada. Okada. Wow. So uh, you were there. So I was there for that match. I was there for the Iron Man match, the hour long match. The so the hour long match of a I want to say five hour long show that I got standing room only tickets for. So I'm standing mm. the entire show to get the standing room only tickets. I stood for six hours in line. Before that, so all said and done, I think I stood for 14 hours or something like that. Wow. Um, that and muscular didn't, training and, came into and well, and, and didn't care because again, you know, you, you guys talk about you know when, when when you're in the zone, when you're when you're there for wrestling, everything else goes away. You know, I I work shows sick, I work shows angry, I work shows hurt. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm human, and I, I I come to the wrestling show with my baggage, but I check it at the door. Like any good job, that's what you should do. Right. But uh, it's it's easier at wrestling because I get there and you guys are already there. Um, you know, the boys are there. And, you know, as soon as you walk in, it's like, hey, 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 hey. And you're hugging and, you you know, and you're, you're shaking hands and you're catching up and all that stuff goes away. You know, even being sick, you know, it doesn't go away, but it just it just doesn't matter. You right? Just forget Especially, about it for a little while. Yeah, once I crack that mic, it does not matter matter what's going on i don't have a care in the world i'm no longer sick and i just power through it if i am and uh you know afterwards you know you can you, you can come down pretty hard especially if you're working sick or whatever you have to go back to that reality of whatever was upsetting you yeah but you know russell makes it all go away so this that 12 14 hours whatever it was while it was happening didn't matter at all now that you know when i went back to the hotel room or uh airbnb that we were staying at um, boy, did I crash hard, and I was, you know, I was in pain and everything else. But leading up to the hour-long match, um, 
I was really, it was starting to hurt. You know, I was standing on a railing and, uh, you know, and just, you know, shifting my weight, shifting my weight, shifting my weight, trying to figure out ways to like take some of the weight off, leaning on other people, leaning on the (laughs) thing, leaning on a wall behind me about five feet, but still able to see, just trying to figure out all these ways to alleviate some of the pain of standing for so long. And then the match started and for the 60 minutes or whatever that how long it lasted i was no longer in pain like you know i'm sure i was but it didn't matter anymore right especially the last 15 minutes when they start going into the fall season everything else and it's just like you know i felt amazing and it's you know that's that's what wrestling can do that's what entertainment can do yeah yeah. but wrestling i think does it possibly even more than anyone else because you just get so engulfed in it uh and yeah, so that was our trip. We went and we saw Dominion the very first night we were there. And then uh, we finished our uh, trip in Tokyo and saw New Japan at Corican Hall. So I not only got to see New Japan again, <laughs> but I got to see wrestling in Corican Hall. And uh, it was, you know, it was a house show, but still just phenomenal and amazing space, uh, being, you know, part of the Japanese crowd and uh, got to meet got to meet Tiger Mask and there's a cool mm. story there. Um, I saw that they were that Tiger Mask was was doing appearances and they had like they had built like a little cubby around him where no one could see him. So he's like almost like in a box. <laughs> and uh, I went up to his handler, I'm gonna call him, and uh, you know I asked you know is is he doing autographs and they said no 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 autographs. Uh, you know twenty dollars take picture. And I'm like okay. So, um, oh no, actually, backwards. He would not take pictures. Oh, he was wow. signing autographs for twenty. If you bought something and paid twenty dollars, he was doing autographs, oh, wow. but he wouldn't. He was no pictures, no pictures. So um, I went back to my seat, got my daughter, uh, Darby, and uh, said, "Hey, let's go meet Tiger Mask." And uh, so we did, and he. For whatever reason, he asked where we were from. He was making small talk, so he wasn't just you know one and done. Kind of like he was how you said Cody was. He yeah. was your your time, and uh, you know he asked you know, where I was from. I said Chicago. He said, "Oh, do you know Juice? Because Juice Robinson yeah. is from the Chicago <laughs> area." Yeah, yeah. And I, it, it's like you know the whole thing is like not all black people know other black people. <laughs> right. you know, it, was, it kind of went back to that like yeah. not all Chicago people know all the Chicago sure. people. And, and uh, we're here but, for him. It was, it was kind of funny because I have worked with Juice in the past, so I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I did know, awesome. but it was, a, it was a really weird question to guess. Oh, you know Juice Robinson? He's from Chicago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, actually I do. And um, and then and then and then you know he talks to Darby for a second and he goes, Darby, you want a picture? Oh, and wow. uh, she's like, yeah. So you know, I took a picture. And he's like, you want a picture? I'm like, yes. Oh, so I took a picture, you know, of us as well, or you know, another handler did. Oh wow! And then uh, we leave the booth or whatever it was, and walk past the original handler. He goes, he take a picture with you? And I was like, yeah. He goes, you very lucky. He no take pictures. Oh shit! And so yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, so that that's how we bookended our trip, and we did all kinds of cool stuff in between. Uh, we wrestled sumos. Uh, we we did samurai samurai training uh, with live swords. 
Uh, we just did it all the way. You, cool. you, you have to, right? Because you're well, in Japan. Yeah. And you don't know that you're ever going to get back to Japan. So, yeah, we just I did mean, everything we possibly I mean, that's literally probably could. one of those once-in-a-lifetime trips. Absolutely, absolutely. That's... And, you know, I, I could have went and seen, you know, a dozen wrestling shows and certainly wanted to. Of course. But I was there with my family and, you know, and, and, and my wife, who's amazing and lets me do all of this. Uh, you know, wanted me to see these shows, but certainly didn't want to go to 12 wrestling shows. She wanted <laughs> to see other things. And I was happy that, you know, I got to see the two that I got to see. Mm-hmm. If I was taking the trip on my own, it might have been a very different trip, but, no, you know, it wouldn't have been necessarily any more special. I got to do so many other things. Right. Um, so, yeah, I went to uh, went to Toro Iannu's bar and, uh, after, after the Cork and Hall show, and he was having, like, a private party. But... Uh, you know, and it was like sixty or eighty bucks a person to come in and have hot pot with him. And whereas that would have been cool, we weren't going to drop for my daughter and I because they weren't even going to eat hot pot. Right. You know. So, but uh, you know, he explained that that's what was happening. But he, if we would have paid, we could have joined the private party. And uh, we said no. He goes, but do you want a picture? You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we took a picture with Toriano at, at his bar that's and. Yeah, what else happened on that trip, wrestling wise? Um, I tried to get an autograph from Minoru Suzuki. Well, I got an autograph. So again, if you bought a shirt, you can get an autograph. And I didn't want the autograph on the shirt. Mm. I wanted the autograph on something else, and he wouldn't do it. Oh, and wow. uh, Minoru Suzuki is easily the most intimidating person yeah. I have ever met in person in my life. Just you know, and it, it was funny because. I was asking questions of the guy selling the shirts, and Minoru Suzuki turns to the guy next to him, and I'm gonna do makeup, made up Japanese uh-huh. here because I have no idea what he really said. He goes, "Ah, oh, she's Then they laugh, and in my head I'm like, "Minoru Suzuki just made fun of me." Like, awesome. <laughs> awesome. And uh, yeah, I have no idea what he said, but like, they, they they pointed at me too, like they didn't like hide it at all. They're like, "Hi." <laughs> Important. What are you going to do, right? Right. Yeah, it's Minoru Suzuki. Um, but, I, you know, and me, I'm like, Minoru Suzuki just made fun of me. Popped you, yeah. And yeah, you know, so it was really cool. But, uh, yeah, man, we, we, you know, just did it, you know, to all ends that we could. And Sounds like a awesome really trip. good time with it, yeah. Very cool. Uh, to piggyback off uh, your, your Japan trip, uh, something, as you said, it popped in my head. Who who's uh who you pick who's your money on in a fight uh, Minoru Suzuki or Haku? Oh wow, um, <laughs> that's really cool. Is that the New York show? No, no, I'm just thinking in a, in a real in a shoot fight. Oh okay, yeah, okay, that's not happening. But I know uh, Minoru's been coming over and doing stuff, and Haku's yeah. been doing stuff. Again, two of the very, very, very most intimidating people <laughs> yeah, uh, in wrestling. I have a Haku story. So please um, tell me. So it was Mang and the Barbarian. Uh, Black Label Pro brought him in. Yeah. And uh, I want to say it was the first Black Label show. And I was ring announcing at the time. I hadn't moved over to Commissioner yet. And it was either the first or the second. And they were facing Nick Gage and Jimmy Lloyd. Oh, boy. And uh, mm-hmm. so prior to the show, um, and I'm going to forget his name right now. Hopefully it will come to me in a minute. But there was a, uh, a manager at the show who does a lot of uh, Southern Indiana stuff. Um and he came up to me. He's like, "Hey, uh, can I, 
we're going to do a gimmick where I'm going to manage, you know, Mang and the Barbarian for a night. Can I do their their intro instead of you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to I'm willing to share it, you know, because it's a cool thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not greedy. I'm still in the ring with them. And uh, so he's going to do this thing where, you know, these are his guys, da, 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 da. And uh, so <clears throat> I talked to Nick Gage beforehand. Nick Gage has a very long introduction, uh, you know, similar to David Starr. Not as much right. nicknames, but a lot of things like, you know, um, representing Hay Club, you know, all that. And it's, it's a very long intro. So I get it all straight. And uh, so I'm in the ring. I'm getting ready to announce uh, Mang and the Barbarian. Jason Saint. There it is. So Jason Saint comes out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Does that whole shtick. You know, gives this huge, big, over-the-top uh, introduction to them. And rightfully so. And, you know, Nick Gage is standing next to me. And, uh, you know, he's just giving this dirty, dirty look to Jason and his opponents. And, you know, just because they're getting this big, big thing. And I just, I look over and I go, don't worry. I got you. So I... Uh, gave the most intense uh, introduction I've probably ever given to the point that I blew my voice out. Wow. Um, someone else had to do the had to say who won the match and say goodbye to the crowd. Come on. I could not talk and I canceled my golly booking the next day. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I literally blew my voice out. I was working sick for four days and I think I did four shows and you just totally blew it out and as I did it, and I was super animated, you know, Nick fucking guy! Yeah. And then Mang looks at me, and he's, you know, he's across the ring, and he's like, you motherfucker! And he comes, like, barreling at me, and I, like, <laughs> shit-canned myself. Not, and I say dove out of the ring. Right. It still took me, like, a minute and a half, <laughs> but it felt really fast to me. I felt like I was That's moving, awesome. you know... Uh, <laughs> At lightning speed, but yeah, I dumped out really quick, and then uh, you know afterwards uh, went up, you know, went up to, in the locker room and was trying to talk to somebody and ran into Mang first, and uh, <laughs> he's like, "You, you watch it, man," and you know it was it was still you know kind yeah. of giving it to me. He was and he was giving it to me. He was, he was he was messing with me, but uh, you know he was a really nice guy, but. What a hell of an intimidating, intimidating presence. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I can't call it. I'll, I'll call it. What, what, a, what a jerk thing to not call it. You know, um, <laughs> let me think here. Who would I go for? Who would I go for? Um, I'm going to go for Suzuki at this point. Okay. I'm going to go for Suzuki at this point. He, he, you know, he's definitely still working a lot sure, more sure. shows. Um, and, uh, but, but, but. I'll, I'll use a, a funny thing that I know a lot, I, where a lot of my friends say, who would be the real winner of the match? Us. Oh, love that. Because we would get to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we would get to witness some, some pretty sick brutality, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. uh, that show, Mang and the Barbarian, I did not still know that they still went uh, as hard as they did. I mean, they worked all over that arena, you know, busting wow. tables and garbage cans. And, uh, there was a, there was a merch stand set up like a guy who was selling, uh, figures and old magazines oh, and stuff. No. And they just demolished it. Oh. Just like worked right through it. Like his stuff was just everywhere. Ooh. Um, yeah, they work hard, man. He still goes very, very, very and, hard. And now he's part of the firing squad. Yeah. With the Tongans. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but that's cool. Thanks for sharing that uh, Japan story with us, the experience there. 
Uh, another thing I wanted to hop on, and not to get too personal, but you know, you said you work through your sicknesses when you're at, you know, when you're at work. Recently, you had a little bit of a health uh, health concern, health yeah. care. Uh, you know. I don't. I don't need details and everything. I'm glad that you're. Looks like you're doing a lot better, and yeah. you know you're here with us, and that's awesome. But uh, you know, how was it? You know, coming back because you missed a show or two. Yeah, I missed. Uh, I missed one freelance show, but I, right. think I, I might have missed two or three shows altogether. I missed a freelance show for sure, a freelance underground show, and probably a golly show because they run every day, <laughs> eight um, days a week. <laughs> but uh, eight days a week. So yeah, so I had some heart issues come on recently, and they they uh, they came out of nowhere. I know a lot of people could be sitting at home going, "Oh, well, of course you do. You're fat." They actually had nothing to do with my weight. They had nothing to do with my lifestyle or how I eat or what I do. Yeah. Um, it was brought on by a virus. I had a virus that, uh, for whatever reason, attacked my heart, mm. and um, found out once I went in that I was actually in pretty bad shape. My heart uh, is really, really, really weak. And I'm on a bunch of medication to make that better. Um, you guys know, and a lot of people who come to shows for the past three months know that I actually wear a uh, external defibrillator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case I go into AFib. But uh, yeah, so I was in the hospital at the time, and I was going to have to miss that freelance wrestling show. And that was the day that Powerbomb TV was doing their four shows in a row. Yeah. So, um, so I actually watched oh, okay, you know, all cool. four shows in the hospital. And um, here comes the freelance show, and uh, Val took Val over for me. Yep. Val Capone was on the mic, and she did a little a little shout out to the fact that I wasn't there. And I would imagine probably you guys and a handful of you know of the other amazing fans started a Kirby chant. Yes, sir. And uh, I, 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 no BS, literally sitting in my hospital bed crying. Uh, totally brought tears to my eyes. Uh, you know, to be appreciated in that way, to be loved in that way. For sure. Um, it, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. And the fact you know we've talked a couple different times throughout this conversation about how that happens in wrestling. You know, you, you have manly men who who don't want to shake hands, who want to hug each other. Right. You know, and it's not a weird thing. It's just you feel a lot of love for each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of these guys go to battle, you know, with each other. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's something that really brings everybody together. But, um, you know, to hear that chant then and then also the, the first show back uh, to get the welcome back chant, um, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I, I don't, I don't fancy myself a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of the show. I'm, right. a, I'm, I'm, I'm the lights, I'm the ring. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just all the other things that are in place to make the wrestlers better, oh, to make them, to make them pop more, to make them, you know, more popular you know, these are all tools that we use, the belts, the rings, the matches, yeah. the lighting, the, the commentary, the announcing. It's all things that are there just to enhance the product. And, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that if, if I'm not willing to give as much to my portion of the show being the announcing, if I'm not willing to go as hard on what I do as they are doing what they do, then how dare I share their ring with them? 
Uh, that's been my philosophy almost from day one. I respect that. And uh, so, you know, I, I go home hoarse a lot of shows. I blew, you know, I literally blew out my voice. I yeah, told you, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, but, you know, I go home hoarse. Other guys go to the hospital. You know, right. uh, I, they all go home hurt. They all go home sore yeah. at least. You know, uh, Kylie's sitting home with a, a broken collarbone right yeah. now. You know, it's, you know, a lot of things happen. I can lose my voice, you know, so, you know, I, I want to go as hard as they do doing my part of it. And again, it's just, it's just to make them, it's just to make them better. It's just to make them look good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do it the way I do and to have people appreciate it like yourselves, uh, as much as you do. And even more importantly to me, to have the boys appreciate it as oh, much yeah. as they do. Um, I get a lot of guys who, you know, are coming back down from the WWE or getting ready to go up to the WWE. And, you, you know, I get to work with a lot of these guys. And I, I have a lot of guys tell me, you know, just how good I am and how much they appreciate it. And, you know, that's... You know that's that's never for me to say. I sure. love when other people say it. I'm not going to come out and say it. You know, um, I think I'm the hardest working uh, ring announcer in Chicago. I don't think anyone does more shows than I do. Right. Um, am I going to say I'm the best? No. There's, a, there's some other great guys out there. Jimmy I'll D. So Jimmy, Jimmy D yeah. is phenomenal. I love Jimmy. Absolutely. Um, sure. So you know. Uh, no, but you know, not, not to cut you off, but you know, not to blow smoke up your ass or like that. But uh, I think anyone who will listen to this and has been at a show uh, will recognize and know that you leave it all out there. You know, like uh, the wrestlers, they they get a reaction from from us, the crowd, right? And they get us hyped up. But I mean, your entrances, you know, when you 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 introduce Gringo, <laughs> you dude, wh- I don't know when you're gonna stop. I don't know how you have the lung capacity for it. And the longer it goes on, the more hype do we get. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like you're adding to that, you know. Like you, you, you know, don't ever sell yourself short because you are definitely a vital part of that. You said you know you're the lights or whatever, but like what you do brings so much more to the whole everything. Especially, you know, I know we've talked a lot about freelance, but especially a freelancer, especially other shows. Like what you do, it's it magnifies everything so much more. So don't ever take, you know, yeah. don't ever cut yourself and like short. Like I said, that, that's, you know, that's for them. I've had a lot of conversations with Gringo Loco, you know, and, and he's one of the most appreciative of it. You know, and he, he says, you know, the way you guys say it gets you hype, yeah. it gets him hype. Right. right. You know, he says, he's like, he's like, he's out there trying to do his thing. Yeah. But at the same time, he's listening to me. Of course. And he's like marking at the same yeah, time. Yeah. He's like, he's like, dude, you're holding it forever. And it's so cool. It's for me. I'm out there. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, it is. And, uh, you know, and, and, and having them love it is the the biggest payment in the world because um, that's what it's all about. Again, like, it's about enhancing them and making them shine yeah. that much brighter. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I have some shtick. I have some gimmick. You know, I like to wear, you know, uh, flashy clothes. I like hey, to you're wear the flyest dude out there, man. I, I was going to bring it up. I try to wear flashy shoes you, and, you there's, you know, there's one promoter out there that did not appreciate uh, the way I dress and really? actually accused me of uh, taking away from the show. Wow. Um, but I, I always I don't have any heat, so no, I'm not, no, no, so not going to go there necessarily. But uh, no, and, and you know, again, I that's that is the way I dress. If I go yeah. to any dress up thing, if I go to church, I'm dressed that way. If I I don't go to church very often, but uh, <laughs> if I go to a daddy daughter dance, if I go to, you know, any type of function, I dress 
you know, pretty outlandish. You know, wild colors. You know, uh, gators. But it fits. It fits your personality. <clears throat> like, it, that is, it, it is me. Yeah. But it's also, you know, I I do it not to take away from the show. I do it to enhance the show. I think it's just another way to make us stand out, especially a show like Freelance. Yeah. And when they started off with the punk rock gimmick, and you know. It, it just makes it helped us be just even a little more different. You know, I wasn't wearing a tuxedo. You know, I'm wearing, you know, outlandish colors and, you know, and I'm being really animated. I'm not very doing Michael the Hayes old ass. school style. <laughs> yeah, very Michael Hayes. And, um, you know, it's, it's again, for me, it's just another way to enhance the show. It's another way to make the show look good to people or to make it look interesting to yeah, people. You do it, and, uh, yeah, that's my whole purpose. And that's all I'm trying to do. Anything I do, you know, the holding the note for a long time, you know, that's kind of become my, my, my thing as well. It's yeah. become my gimmick. It's become my shtick, but it's not like, I don't do it so that I have a shtick. I don't do it so I have just a gimmick. Feel it. I just, just feel do it, it because yeah. it's, it sounds cool, especially yeah. with the luchas. You yeah. know, with with the luchadors, it just it kind of that's where I get it from. Goal, of course. Know? And uh, you know, just holding that for a really long time with the luchador names, it just it kind of flows and it just it, it comes out really awesome. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't sit at home and go, oh, you know, what can I do to make myself stand out and to make myself look cool at the right. wrestling show? It's just something I do, and it's become my thing, but it was never meant to be my thing. I get it. So, yeah, I like it, man. You we know, dig man. it. You, you hype us, brother. You hype us. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna turn the corner and start to wrap it a little bit. But one last question I had, I was hoping you would have asked because this is right up your guys' alley. But I lost it right here. D Ray, crap. I don't know if it was D Ray or uh, or Two Juice. Hold on, I'm sorry, guys. Let me find it here real quick. Ask her about Japan. We wanted to. Oh, Caleb. Ask Kirby his favorite comic book storyline slash angle of all time. Of, of 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 just comics. I would I would assume so. This is your guys' realm right there. <clears throat> um, now I'm gonna pretend I know what wow, you're talking about. Wow, there's so many good ones. <laughs> um, one I was just talking about recently was um, when Batman. Uh, I can't remember the name of the storyline, but when Batman kept files on everybody. So that he could eventually defeat them if they if, if they ever went bad. Yeah. And then they they all found out Sneaky because I think Rachel Ghoul exposed it. Yes. And then they kicked him out of the. It's a great. The that's a great story. Um, what a cool story. Yeah. You know, like here, you know, here, you know, he, these are his buddies. These are his compadres. He's going to battle with them. You know, they've got each other's back. They've fought thousands of villains, but just in case they ever went bad. He's got his little Rolodex of just how yeah. he's gonna take them down. That's he's he's got down. something for each one of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, and yeah, that gets exposed, and there's just the fallout from that. It's a great story. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that, and, I, and I'm I'm not even I was never really an avid Batman reader, but I worked in a comic book store, so I still I knew all the stories, even the ones I wasn't reading. Gotcha. And uh, so that one popped me pretty hard. I thought that was a really really cool story. Um, Thor. I'm a big Thor mark. We talked about it earlier. Um, I've got a Thor tattoo and stuff like that. Um, so I'm a really, 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 really big Thor mark. My first favorite he- comic book hero and been into him for years and years and years and years. Um, it was a long flowing hair, wasn't it? 
When I met Hemsworth, it was. Uh, oh, yeah. What a yeah, dreamboat. Yeah, right? That's a good-looking guy. It is. But uh, so the story where uh, his bones become brittle, um, he uh, and he no longer can be Thor in the capacity he was being Thor, and he had to take on uh, armor. He took on the, like the destroyer armor, and then he wore his 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 suit became a suit of armor. It was like golden scale mail, okay. and uh, and that's when he first donned the beard. So you know that's when he became like really really Viking and barbarian ass. So he had this beard and this suit of armor that he had to wear because his bones were brittle, <laughs> and uh, so I really enjoyed that. And uh, Frog Thor. When, uh, when Thor got to, turned into a frog, Thunderfrog. Uh, yeah, and, and, and th- the uh, Thunderfrog character uh, in wrestling is obviously stolen from that, right. and is one of my favorite characters in <laughs> wrestling for that reason. He's also a hell of a guy. Um, okay. he's, he's a very very cool dude. I've, I've worked you know a lot of, a bunch of shows with him, and uh, but yeah, th- you know Thunderfrog. It was just it was just cool. It was silly, but um, it was still really cool at the time. Yeah. So and I can go on and on and on. I mean, so many uh, X Men stories, Days of Future Past. Um, that's where Blink was introduced, if I right. remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. Um, all the early Exile stuff was really groundbreaking uh, with Blink and all the characters from the different uh, multiverses. Um, like Hellfire Club stuff for me with yeah. X Men is yeah. just. I mean, that's that's older stuff, but just Crisis so good. On, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, so 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 good. So it's got to be thirty years old by now, I think. Um, it was one of the first really big crossovers, mm-hmm. and uh, and there wasn't many many crossovers before then, and many after until Marvel started doing boats and boatloads of them, and then now DC does them every other Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was one of the first really big crossovers. They were trying to. Uh, uh, make the universe smaller. They felt right. they had too many, you know, Earth 42, Earth 9, and they kind of wanted to streamline the universe. So they had this crisis on infinite Earths, and uh, that was a phenomenal story. Watchmen, uh, the Watchmen trade uh, is is an amazing, amazing, amazing read. Uh, there's so many cool things out there, but those are the ones that probably come to yeah. mind first. I mean, Very cool. Frank Miller, Dark Knight. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Frank, uh, Frank Miller, Sin City. Um, oh, yeah. The Dark yeah. Knight stuff is great, too, because, again, there was a, a really different way to tell a Batman and Superman story. Yeah. Um, you know, with them being aged and, uh, you know, trying trying to take each other out, you know, and he did it in his own very gritty style yes and uh you know putting combat boots on batman you know how cool is that but uh the sin city stuff too just so so good frank miller is an amazing talent yeah certainly is very much so now let's get back to things that henry knows about (laughs) no i I know all i know all about the the the, all of the the comics the the sin knights (laughs) no and and uh one last quick hitter uh are, what are you looking forward to picking up at Wizard World next week? Um, I'm probably not going to go. Oh, okay. Um, for me, Wizard World uh, has become a convention that I don't enjoy quite as much as I once did. Really? When it was the Chicago Comic Con, and that's what it was. It was the Chicago right. Comic Con uh, many, many years ago before Wizard World bought it out. And uh, I feel that 
comics and comic creators have become the redheaded stepchild of Wizard World. Oh. Uh, they're in the basement. They're in the corner. Um, you have to get through the pop culture to get to the comic books. And it's still thought of as a comic book convention, but now everyone wants to be San Diego Comic-Con. Right. right. And San Diego Comic-Con has this huge pop culture presence now, and, and always has, right. um, but now even more so. And other people want to piggyback on that, and that's what Wizard World has tried to do. It's become a pop culture convention. And uh, I just feel that comic books have kind of you know gotten pushed to the side there. So I don't enjoy that show as much. Uh, C2E2 is where it's at for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So C2E2 came into town probably about seven years ago or so now. And uh, that show is phenomenal to me. Yeah. It still has the pop culture element, but uh, nothing seems to take precedence over the other. Comic books are still very important there. Comic creators are still very important there. Uh, over half of the building is Artist Alley. Yes. And uh, that's my favorite place to be. I love hanging out with the creators and getting sketches done and such. Um, Artist Alley at Wizard World is downstairs. You know, it's like so. Seems like an afterthought. Yeah, that's you know, that's kind of that's my feeling on it. You know, there's still great things that happen at Wizard World, um, and still good times. And I'll always go for free. Um, <laughs> but, but if I have to buy a ticket. It's a, little, it's a little bit harder to sell, but I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, I do know some things that are going on at it, and uh, Boy Meets World. I think almost the entire cast of Boy Meets I'm World. I'm waiting for Topanga. Yeah, I think they're all going to be there, and so if I was going, that would probably be uh, my point of uh, of attention. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I imagine I will mark out when I get there. Got the whole cast picture thing. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, just gonna be my friends, you know. Sean, Corey, Eric, Panga. I call her Pangy. It's Mom. cool because my daughter's gotten into Boy Meets World as well because of Girl Meets, Girl Meets World. World. I watched it too. Yeah. So, Boy Meets World. so now, you know, it's, it's another generational thing. So, like, she's into it as well. It's a shame that show didn't last. Yeah. It was fun. What Boy Meets World talking talk about? <laughs> no, and, no, it, no, it, and it has its wrestling connection with Vader. Absolutely. With Vader, yes. Absolutely. The, uh, recently deceased Vader. Oh, and this man. You know what's sad? It, it feels like uh, every so often we're losing our guys. You know, Anvil this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a cycle of life. You know, not, it, to, sound, not to sound corny, but no, uh, no, no. But uh, if you think about different mediums, different. Uh, avenues of entertainment movie stars you see one or two movies of them a year right you maybe see <laughs> with a very prolific actor 20 to 40 movies by them in your lifetime right right yeah you can see your favorite wrestler that many times in a year yep and so you're creating a more um, intimate connection with them, at least in your own mind, even if it isn't intimate, but it, it, yeah. it feels that way because you see them so much. I mean, if, you, if you're watching, if you're watching a guy on TV and he's on every Monday night, you know, you're watching him what, 52 weeks, right? So you're yeah. watching him 52 times in a year. And if you go to some live events, it's even more. And uh, if you're watching the pay-per-views, yeah. it's even more. And if he crosses over to the other <laughs> show, it's even more. So you're seeing this guy so many times and you're invested in his storylines and and you know and his background and where he came from and who trained him and this and that and the other you know um so yeah sometimes it's, you know it can be kind of hard to lose these guys yeah. and uh for me 
the hardest loss is when it's to the demons. Uh, you know, when it's to the pills, when yeah. it's to alcohol, uh, when it's to mental illness, you know, resulting sometimes in pills and alcohol. Of course. Uh, you know, and just uh, when we lose them to that, uh, man, I don't want to turn this into a PSA. No, no. But, uh, you know, mental illness, it's, it's, it's a very serious thing. It's, uh, it's very, very, very real. And I will tell you that there are a... Uh, I mentioned earlier that there are a lot of fans that suffer from uh, things like anxiety and depression and they come to wrestling shows and they, you know, uh, are able to forget it. There's a lot of wrestlers, a lot of wrestlers that also suffer from anxiety and depression and, you know, social anxiety and, and stuff like that. And this is their escape. This yeah. is not even their escape. It's, 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 it's their treatment. It's their coping mechanism for, for life. And, uh, you know, uh, I have anxiety and depression, and I, I say that, and people are like, "Blah, get out of here," because you know, you, I'm, I'm a happy guy. I'm a very, very happy guy. But we all have things that bother us. We all have things that get to us. We all have things that 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 can sometimes consume us. And uh, so, you know, wrestling is 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 no stranger to that. And uh, you you add to that the pain that they have to work with uh, often night in and night out. You know, you have guys like Shawn Michaels and uh, Regal, I can think of, you know, who all talked about, you know, getting addicted to uh, painkillers and, and all kinds of other stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it, you know, it, 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 it's a hard life. It's a rough yeah. time. And, you know, I, I get that a lot of them turn to this or, you know, or, or just have things that go untreated and that they can't deal with. And, uh, but it's sad. Those are, those are the biggest losses to me. I agree. The, the, the ones that come from that natural causes. It's going to happen. I, I hate to lose the guy. Yeah. You know, of course. You know, but, but if you lose him to natural causes, you know, especially young, you know, things like cancers and stuff that take guys in their forties, fifties and sixties. Yeah. That's still kind of sad. Of course. It's very sad, but, uh, I just, I hate to see guys losing these battles to, addictions and uh mental illness that's, that's, well that's the hardest thing yeah. for sure for sure all right i think uh, so let's end it on the worst note possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's very positive you know it could just goes back to you know wrestling it's it's kind of a temporary cure-all right yeah. like once again, it's it's everybody's escape so i, I think and it's it, a microcosm of life it is right it's 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 all of life put into a very small bubble. Um, so everything happens in it, you know, good guys, bad guys. You know, so you have heroes and villains, just like you do in the movies. Um, you know, you have music involved that makes you connected with it. Um, and you have all these storylines, you have these things going on, you have, you're cheering on the hero to win and you're booing the bad guy. And, you know, and there's just, it's, so it's, it's all these things, you know, because there's atrocities going on in the world too. But, you know, here you can see these things happen. I mean, if you think back, you know, with, uh, the Russian characters and the Iranian characters, it was, you know, it, it mirrors life. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, it feeds off the headlines and it takes that and it makes it palpable in a way. And I don't necessarily believe that's a bad thing because it, it gives us a way to deal with some of those things yeah. in, in maybe a comical way. Um, you know, are there times where they take it too far? Certainly, you know, there's been, there's been times where it's, where it's been overdone, but when it just, if it can make people more aware of something and if it can make people be able to deal with a tender issue, uh, 
in a way, you know, wrestling gets to do that. And yeah. so this is a pretty cool thing that we're all a part of. You know, you guys, by doing the podcast and by coming to the shows, myself being able to be, you know, involved uh, as a fan and as, you know, part of the show. And I, I, I actually, I just remember something I kind of wanted to say. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I am still 100% a fan of wrestling. I go to shows. You, you guys have seen me at shows. Yes. Just see me as a fan. As probably as many shows as you see me as you know as part of the show as an announcer. Um, you know, you talked about AAW, um, and you know, a year and a year to a year and a half ago, I had season tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am working for what may be thought of as their direct competition freelance. Right. And, uh, I'm sitting front row stage, (laughs) you know, for the competition every single month for a year because they were putting on amazing shows. Yeah, they really were. And, you know, and, you know, may not have had a great relationship with someone at that company, Mm -hmm. but you know what? None of that mattered to me because he was putting on amazing shows and I want to see amazing wrestling. And the weirdest thing to me is wrestlers who feel that they can no longer be fans of wrestling. You know, you have, you have wrestlers getting on other wrestlers cases for being marks, you know, don't take pictures with the wrestlers. And I, I get it. You, you do have, your character, you know, to protect and such. But it's to the point where, like, they don't go to shows. They don't even watch wrestling. It's like, it becomes really, really weird you to me. You yourself the service. Yeah, because you got into this because you loved wrestling. But mm-hmm. you're not going to go to a wrestling show because it's so-and-so's show or so-and-so's show. Yeah. To me, I'm you put on a good show, I'm going to go to the show. Right. right. You know, and that's just what it's about. I'm still, I'm still a fan first. And, uh, yeah, wrestling. Yay! Yay, wrestling! Uh, all right, so, no, you want to bring us home? Absolutely. Oh, Kurt, actually, well, go ahead and bring us home. Yeah, certainly. Uh, definitely want to give you the chance to uh, plug any of your social media that you have. Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I've mentioned them kind of throughout, throughout but, uh, you know, all the companies that I work for, Come on out to the shows. There's a lot of amazing wrestling happening in Chicago, um, and it's it's a great time. I mean, you know, check out Golly, Freelance Underground, Freelance, Black Label Pro. Oh boy, if I forget somebody, I'm gonna be in trouble. Um, Zello, I forgot about Zello. Mention Zello at, at any time during this. They're doing some amazing things as well. Uh, D Ray, who asked some phenomenal questions, uh, is a part of Zello. Uh, Zello, I work as well. So come out to those shows. Come see me. I'm very, very, very approachable. I think you guys will attest. One hundred percent. You know, I, I want to enhance your experience as well, not just by what I do on the stage, but by shaking hands with you, by talking to you, by BSing about the show with you. Um, and that's one of my favorite things is standing by the door at the end of the show and wrestlers, you know, or uh, fans coming out and telling me how much they like the show and everything. So that's I like interacting with everybody at those shows. So those are the places you can find me. Uh, as far as uh, social media, uh, the main place is Twitter uh, at Kirby the Voice. Uh, again, at Kirby the Voice. You can follow me on Twitter. Please do. I, I, I go on there. I obviously advertise the shows I'm going to be at. Um, but I also talk about the shows I go to. I talk about the shows I work. Um, I like to do a match of the night, um, usually, where I try and provide some insight uh, to you know what I thought was match of the night, usually. And it's not 
often what other people would think. Right. Because um, I do have a very different view oh, yeah. of, of wrestling. Um, but I do it for the shows I go to, too. So, I, you know, I'll, you know, again, I work for freelance, but I'll, I'll hype an AAW show if it was a good show. If, if I saw an amazing match at an AAW show, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, hell yeah. So um, if you want to hear, you know, my opinion on shows and, and see where I'm going to be and stuff like that, at Kirby the Voice. Um, I, I, I do hashtag follow the voice because I just think it was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook as well under my real name, Kirby Van Vliet. You can follow me there as well. Um, but yeah, it's, Very you know, cool. it's, it, it's an amazing thing. This world we're in, uh, the wrestling internet universe can be a little weird sometimes, but, uh, that's the worst thing that happens for wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> I, I just joined Twitter about a year ago, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's the coolest thing and the worst thing at the same time. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Uh, you know, Sometimes it, at the same, in the same yeah, second. <laughs> it, 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 it pulls that curtain way, way back sometimes, and uh, you learn things that you probably wish you didn't know, because it changes your opinion about things, but you know, that's that's the world we live in now. Again, wrestling is a microcosm of the real world. The real world is hypersensitive to things now. We point things out. We don't let anybody get away with anything. You can't get away with anything because it all exists in digital form. There's a microscope. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the reason that happens in the wrestling world is because it happens in the real world. Uh, people don't want people to be get away with anything anymore, and they, and they, they will call them out on that. And so, it's like again, again, it's just it's it's a microcosm of 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 the actual world. But uh, you know, you can learn a lot of stuff out there too. Absolutely. You, you, you know, the guys get to hype themselves, and um, you know, cool things happen. You know, uh, what com, uh, CZW, you know did a contest where whoever gets the most retweets gets to go on a show. Yeah. And, um, Pat, Cody, Pat, Pat Monix got, got on a show that way. <laughs> yeah. um, Cody Rice got on a show that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that was the CZW show. Pat Monix got on the Revolver, uh, Revolver show that way. And uh, these are opportunities that they may not have gotten otherwise. Well, um, you know. Cody Rice, especially for me, oh, um, that was, you know, he, he, you know, a lot of people look at him as just a comedy wrestler and, uh, you know, here he gets on CZW, he gets to do, you know, a, a hardcore extreme show and, and made a hell of a showing out yeah. of it. And again, it was because of social media. It's because of that, you know, rapport that he can have with his fans. And, uh, so yeah, even though, you know, a lot of dirt get dirt gets slung there, uh, it's still a pretty cool thing. There's some, I mean, I, I'm going to keep talking forever if you guys <laughs> literally are just going to have to pull the plug at some point. You're going to have to pull the plug at some point. But, I mean, there's people, uh, you know, that I, I love. I check in every day to see what they're going to say. Ethan Page, we talked about him either at the top of this show or oh, the yeah. pre-show. I forget where it was. I, I, I will tell anyone who will listen, uh, if I was in the wrestling business, I'd try to mimic what he does. Absolutely. Because I think he kills it on social media. He gets the idea of self-promotion. 100%. Yes. He, he totally gets it and understands it and manipulates it and makes it work for him and is a funny guy. Yeah. Uh, so I always make sure to see whatever he has said at any point in the day on Twitter. Um, PCO we talked about, I think, briefly. Yeah. Uh, the Quebecer, <laughs> Pierre-Carl Roulette. Roulette. And, uh, you know, 
the comeback he has made. Oh. Holy everything. <laughs> I, I saw the first show that he did in America. And so I hope, I hope somebody's time. documenting the, 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 this comeback. He, I, I, the, people are. The, the, the I people are so. definitely paying attention. I know, I know that people have done some, uh, uh, like a documentary on him already. And uh, but just what he's doing right now again is what just makes wrestling so cool. Uh, but yeah, so I follow everything he does. His uh, his videos that he does with Destro. Oh, they're awesome. Um, you know, of just electrocuting him and stabbing him while he's lifting forty thousand pounds <laughs> over his head. Uh, it's like whatever. It's ridiculous, but it's amazing at the same time. Again, suspend your belief and yeah. just have a good time, people. Yep. Um, so yeah, so. Those two people I, I make sure I see all the time. And then uh, Chico. Really? Chico, Chico the Luchador. Gotta follow, man. I don't uh, think I follow him. Oh, it's so good. Chico Suave, huh? No, no, not Chico Suave. Oh. Uh, it's uh, not Winnie Pooh. No, not Winnie Pooh. I, I don't I don't wanna say I don't wanna say who it really is. Oh, okay, okay. But uh it's a we'll figure it out. Are you, you familiar with Sentry? No, I'm not. I'm sorry. Sentry was a uh, character in the Marvel Universe okay. that they basically brought into existence and said that he actually existed before he did. So they created him as a new character about 15 years ago, but created a backstory for him for the past 40 years, even though he had never appeared in a comic book. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and... Uh, and they made it work. That something. So basically, what they said is he had to do something where he had to sacrifice himself and make the world forget about him. Chico el Luchador. So yeah, Chico el Luchador is very Probably. similar to the Sentry. Um, he's a wrestler that was never a wrestler, but <laughs> he has all the stories. His daily tweets are hilarious. Do yourself a favor, and uh, and if you figure out who he is, it'll be even funnier. Um, but uh, and it's probably not that hard to figure out who he is. That's but awesome. uh, yeah, those I would say uh, Chico, PCO, and Ethan Page uh, brighten my day anytime I can see uh, anything they've done on Twitter or in any other way, shape, or form. Awesome, absolutely awesome. Well, Kirby, I'm I'm gonna cut you off. Yeah, go because, ahead. Because, because I feel like. And I would love to, but it's a school night. Uh, <laughs> so I, I feel like we could honestly uh, keep talking for a few more hours with you. And I've, I've, I've loved uh, listening to some of your stories. Yeah, and that's all, I love all your stories. But uh, thanks for your time, man. Uh, hopefully sometime down the line we can get you back on here. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we can chop it up again. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I think what you guys are doing is great. I, you know, I love the idea that uh, people want to get out there and talk about this and that there's – you know, and then now, you know, with, with technology, this day and age, that there's this ability for, for people to get out there and express themselves and talk passionately about something they love. Yeah. And uh, the fact that you wanted to talk to me about it even more so, uh, I thank you very much. I thank you guys for doing this. I thank you guys for being fans. And I thank you guys for having me here tonight. Uh, out there in the Russellverse, you know, I thank you for coming to the shows. I thank you for, for being Russell fan, wrestling fans. Find what you like. Watch it, you know. I mean, it, it's it's a great time, you know, and, and it, it it's a very magical thing. So. Well, you never forget your first Kirby. We're glad we could be your first. Thank uh, you very interview. much, man. Appreciate you, man. And uh, no, uh, once again, for, for the second time, bring us home. This has been episode three of Wrestling Talk and Randomness presents 
Let's talk about wrestling with your hosts, Hank312. That's me. And Incidental Nerd. That's him. Our guest has been Kirby Alexander. That's me. And uh, <laughs> uh, guys, get out there, enjoy some wrestling. And as Henry likes to say, Toodles! <laughs> <laughs>